Welcome to Life from Flat to Fabulous. Your hosts are Sarah Karkner and Sheila Turner. This program is based on practical life-enhancing tools to shift your energy, mixed in with great stories, lots of laughs and wisdom to help you feel more confident and ignite your full potential. Now, here's Sarah and Sheila. Hello, it's Sarah and Sheila here today, and we are so excited to be with you. We have a very special guest. Brenda March is going to be talking with us today, and I'm excited to have her on. Brenda and I are both IPECers. What does that mean? We both went to IPEC, the Institute for Professional Empowerment Coaching, and that makes us cultural creatives. And what does that mean? That means we are here in the world to help create change, and Brenda is somebody who is doing that every day, trying to help create change. And she does that with working with teens and helping teens um, succeed with the five C's for success, which she's going to talk a little bit about. Brenda and I also have a love of music of Francis Dunnery. We went on a cruise and we both love Francis Dunnery. So if you haven't heard him before, you should check him out because he's fabulous. But Brenda, welcome. Thanks so much for being on today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. So, Brenda, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into working with kids and just just take us back. Tell us everything. Okay. All right. How much time do you have? <laughs> we have an hour. <laughs> we have a half hour until okay. the commercial break, but we have an hour. All right. I'll try and keep the, the Reader's Digest version. So, as Sarah mentioned, Sarah and I met um, on the Francis Donnery Cruise, which was amazing. And Sarah talked to me about coaching. She was already involved in coaching. And at that time, I was doing work in corporations, working with uh, organizational development, working with teams to make them better. And I worked with a lot of adults who were not happy in their jobs. And what I kept thinking through this whole process was, why didn't people think about this sooner and earlier, who they are, what they want, how to get there? So after that time, I began talking with various parents and students and really working with a lot of young adults and realizing that there were so many things they didn't know. So I wrote a book called The Project of You Beyond High School, and it's really based on, as Sarah said, the five C's, which are clarity, um, which helps people develop self-awareness, which is really the foundation for personal development. Uh, The second C is commitment, putting the time in, having an accountability partner. Third C is communication skills, which as we all know with social media, are really lacking more than ever with young adults. Uh, The last one is connections, making those personal connections, and then the core values. And so those are the things that I go over with the young adults that I coach. And I really feel like um, it's something that can be taught and something they can learn. But a lot of times in the academic setting, because the teachers are so pressured with teaching English and math and all the core requirements and the testing that they have to do and all the things they have to do, a lot of that gets missed. And the last piece that I really focus on as well is once you begin to tell me a little bit about who you are, what you feel you're good at, what you have an interest in, how can you begin to explore what the possible career settings are? Just as an example, I have a young woman I'm working with currently. She's a high school senior. She's great in math and science, and she says to me, I don't want to be an engineer and I don't want to be a doctor. I don't know what to do. And there's a myriad of opportunities out there for someone who's good at those things. But it's not necessarily something that she's been exposed to on a frequent basis. So we're talking about um, various things like molecular biology and 
um, research and all the types of things that she can do to incorporate the skill sets she has without becoming a doctor and engineer and having her not only do that exploration as part of her homework, which I tell them is not homework because it's an investment in themselves, um, but also, you know, for her to begin to look at what possibilities are out there and learn how to research those careers and look at them and find herself opportunities. Yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, I've worked with teens as well, and I find it always so interesting. And maybe I would love to talk with you a little bit about, like, the systems of school. And what do you think about that? We've talked about how school, it's so academic-driven. And so kids are putting so much time into tests and academia that they really aren't exploring themselves. And so as a society, I think we're really doing ourselves a disservice not allowing the kids to explore. So do you have any ideas about what you think we could do to change that in schools? Well, I would love to see these types of, the type of work that we do being offered as a course within a school. I mean, we teach kids how to drive, right? The, and we teach kids health and science and all these things, but this is teaching them about themselves. Where that gets built into the curriculum, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, and I think it's something that some schools are doing and some schools are doing a good job of. And... Some aren't. I know that the PD is pushing this, but I think it's a difficult thing for them to figure out where it fits in because essentially people like you and I, Sarah, are trained to do this work. Someone coming out with an education degree is not. Someone coming out with a guidance degree is not necessarily. So it's, it's difficult, but I, I do think it's really, really important because what I see, and I'm sure what you've seen when you work with young adults, is I, my first client ever thought she wanted to be a nurse, but she was not doing well in a particular, I think it was a biology class, um, AP bio class. And so she thought that she didn't have what it, ta- what it took to become a nurse, even though it was really where her heart was. And once she went and did some job shadowings and some internships and talked to other people in nursing who said, you don't have to be a straight-A student in AP bio to make a good nurse. That's not the most important skill set there. Um, then she changed her tune and began applying to colleges and she's doing great and she loves nursing and she's been doing it for a couple of years. So I think that the academic pressures also pe- cause people to write off opportunities that might be really what they need to do. I think you're onto something for sure. I think the pressure for this academia, as opposed to what skill sets it actually takes to be good at different jobs, is, is all out of whack. Right. And I'm so involved with the arts and music and the arts and those programs are getting cut left and right now for academic, more academically structured courses, which is unfortunate, even skilled trades. When I was in school, we had woodshop, we had uh, photography, we had all these great, great opportunities for us to explore our creativity. We had uh, healthy gym classes, we had health classes, but that seems to be going by the wayside. Absolutely. It it really is. is. You make a great point. And I've had students who really want to be involved in music or dance, things like that, and the parents are steering them away from it because they can't necessarily support themselves doing those things. At least that's what they've been told. And I've also said to them, there's other ways to do that. You want to keep that in your life. Even if you become a person who's involved in business, there's plenty of adults out there who play in a band on the weekends. And so there's different ways to look at that. And if you really... I met a musician um, not that long ago, and I I talk about him in my book because I said to him, what do you think about this idea? Because at the time, 
I had had a, several young men who wanted to be rock stars, and their parents were trying to talk them out of it. And this gentleman did house concerts, and he worked in the area, and he worked totally in music, and he said, well, if you can't get past your parents trying to close the door on you, you're never going to make it in the music business. So I, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of lessons there, but it's having those opportunities to, t- to get out and talk to people. And I think as a community, as you're mentioning, what, what can we do? What are businesses doing to invite students in? What are schools doing to make bridges with businesses to come in and do those types of things as well as with the arts and all these things? And they are going by the wayside, and it is scary because it really is important. And I know the majority of the students that I work with, they all believe college is the only answer, and there's so many other answers, like you said, trades, all different things. Yeah, let's touch more on that because I think that is a huge problem that's going on right now is that people do think it has to be college and it has to be college right away. In Europe, there's a, you know, they take a lot of gap year. A gap year is very normal as opposed to here in the United States. It's happening a little bit more, but you don't hear that much about it. And then, of course, I need to ask you about the scandal that happened recently with um, Felicity Huffman and the woman from Full House trying to get their kids into school. I mean, they were so crazy, um, you know, with this having to go to college and going to the right college. Talk a little bit about that and your feeling on that, please. I can't, I cannot get over it. <laughs> I talk to, I have parents, generally if I'm working with a high school student, the, people, the parents obviously are contracting with me to have this, these sessions. And in many cases they'll say to me, this is what I want for my student. Basically, here's what I want you to tell them to do, which is really not all that different. And I just find it unimaginable. And unfortunately, as we all know, young adults, uh, children at any age, the one thing they want to do is please their parents. So if you as a parent are pushing your student to do something specific that you feel is right for them and they're not in agreement, they may or may not tell you. And it's very difficult and to think that someone's going to push their student into a place like that. And in addition, how's that student going to feel when they find out that you, how can they have any self-esteem or self confidence when they find out that their parents paid for them to get them into that school. Right. It's like a fear-based thing that's going on. Um, And so I wonder what is happening with that fear-based. Have have you talked to, you touched on a few different things, but throughout just the short time we've been together so far, but you know, the one of you can't be successful if you're going to be in the arts, you can't pay for that. You have to go to college. This is the, this is what my child should do. And us thinking that we know what they should do and kind of taking away the opportunity for the kids to develop themselves and to maybe fall down and build themselves back up and build resiliency and things like that. So how can we shift that? Where do you think that's coming from and how do we shift it? I think it's coming from the fact that um, there is this, it's become an expectation now that students go to college and there's no longer this sense of, I'm, I don't need to go into how old I am, but in my day, not everybody went to college. <laughs> and so it wasn't this assumption. And I think parents believe this is the only way that their child's going to be successful. And I think we've lost this ability to think about who they are and what they really want. And I think the other thing that we miss in all this is the transferable skills. I have a client who is going to screenwriting school. Now people think that's crazy. But this young woman can write. She absolutely can. And she's got the reality to know if she can make it as a screenwriter, that's a great thing. But if not, she can use those skills in any myriad of ways to 
to utilize her writing skills, whether she's doing medical, medical writing, technical writing, whatever it might be, you know, working as a copy editor, working for, you know, she's, she has the whole list down in her mind of what other things there are that she can do, but she's following her dream and her passion currently in her education, and it's what she really, really wants. So I think the more that we can begin to see, you and I both know, Sarah and Sheila as well, that they, when someone's following their passion, they're going to be much more successful. They're going to be much more focused. They're going to be much more driven. And so what happens is when you push somebody in a direction they don't really want to go, these are the kids uh, that are ending up not getting through college or getting through college and not doing that well and getting out and still not knowing what to do. And now they've got a student loan on top of it. And that, that really was a large part of the driving factor for me to really want to push as much as I can in this area because when I see students, it starts out, many, many parents won't call you until the student's not doing well in college or the student's a college grad and can't find a job. So those are like one of two settings where, again, it's the fear base. Something went wrong, so now I'm going to call and try and fix it and make, get my student to spend the time to do what they could have done at a younger level and been more proactive. And I do have students like that, too. And it's always a great thing when a student can, while they're looking for college, have an idea of who they are and what they want uh, versus I went to this college because they have a great football team, right, which is not a bad thing <laughs> if that's important right. to you at all. But what else is there, Right. And I think, you know, again, a couple of things, following your dream, I think it's always better to follow the dream. There's a different energy behind that. And if you have to course correct or adjust because the dream isn't necessarily coming true, that seems in our line of work to be a better thing than never having done it and feeling that sense of loss and sense of regret. Because following Mm -hmm. that dream, at least you've done it and you can have no regret. So I think that's very important. And the second thing I would... Um, I think about a lot is when we say now it's a standard that kids are going to college because that's what it means to be successful. I don't understand why that is when you do look at very successful people and many of them haven't been to college. So what it's like a false sense of success that we're telling ourselves. And I don't know why the society in general is doing that. Look at the most successful people that you see. A lot of them have not been to college. A lot of them, or they've been and they've changed their paths many times. And it's that really that resiliency that has led to the success. So if there's something you want to nurture, it's the resiliency and the grit to deal with things as opposed to trying to make it easy and I'm picking the path for you or you have to do it one way, a cookie cutter way. I, I wholly agree. I mean, I would love to see the day when students are offered various opportunities and think about all the things that happen. I mean, when you are a child and as you're growing up, when you're looking around, I mean, I tell people I'm working with, if you're somewhere and somebody's doing something and you think that seems like that would be a neat job, tell me about it. Let's talk about that and let's think about what the components of that are and why that is really interesting to you or intriguing to you. And it may or may not be something that requires a college degree. And I think that the parents who didn't go to college and who maybe don't feel successful feel like that is the right dream. And then the parents who went to college and who knows how many degrees they have just assume that this is something they would expect for their student. And I think, you know, we've put it out there. I mean, college is, again, 
most of them are a for-profit institution. So it's like any other business. You're selling your brand. You're selling what you can provide. And there's a belief around that. But I do agree that we need to, to shift it because it's, it's definitely not the case. And it's interesting because I do think that some of the parents who don't have a college degree who have done well have, give their students more leeway because they can see that. Right, they have that frame of reference. Yeah, and their right. paths have gone in different ways. I mean, I must have changed my major four times in college. I really had no idea what I wanted to do, but I was okay with just, and my parents were okay with just letting me figure that out and letting me eventually land in a major that I was super comfortable in. And it was speech communications and public relations, and then from there I really didn't even know what I wanted to do, but I just kind of created a path and, and went with it, which was a great decision on my part, I believe. And I agree with you wholly. I think the hard part now is, I, I think there's a, um, and I think, Sarah, we've probably talked about this in the past, there's a communication overload in, in where, information overload, I guess is what I want to say, that there's mm. so much information out there that it's harder to figure it out. I mean, dating myself very much, when I got out of college, you typed a cover letter on your computer and you copied your resume at the library right. and then, <laughs> machine to apply for a job. You couldn't apply for 20 jobs in a day or 100 or what, you know, I mean, it wasn't a click of a button with your resume all set up. And so you really were much more limited in the things you looked at and the paths you took. And now, I mean, there's just so much information out there that in some ways I think a lot of students get overwhelmed, even with colleges. I mean, I would receive 100%. information in the mail. I couldn't, I couldn't go online and look up every college I went to look up. So I, I think to a certain extent, there's so much out there. And I think, too, because there's a lack of connection, community and connection in some ways, I don't hear many students saying, oh, my neighbor's dad does this or my friend's father does this. Like I've asked students before, what do your parents do? And they can't even tell me. And it amazes me. And when you start to have those kind of conversations, what do your parents do? And as... I did a pilot program with a local school district, and when we were in there, that was one of the first assignments was tell me, each of you need to interview one person in your world and tell me what they do, why they like it, why they don't like it, and what they would do if they could change, you know, kind of thing, just three or four questions just to get them talking. And it was very eye-opening to the students, and they each shared, and it, it was just a really great discussion. And you think that's just generic, but it's not. I agree with what you're saying. I don't think there is as much organic conversation and discussion and also a curiosity. It's more mm-hmm. forced curiosity that's going on um, as opposed to just a natural curiosity for these kids because I think they are so focused on tests and exams and then getting in the school and not even seeing like all the other amazing opportunities and things that are out there. I see it all the time with, with students just feeling completely overwhelmed. And I think the overwhelm them kind of shuts them down a little bit because they mm-hmm. don't know how to, t- to break it down and deal with it step by step and piece by piece. Because really, who's showing them how to do that? Exactly. There's nobody there showing them. And I even find it overwhelming. My daughter is a sophomore, and um, a bunch of her friends are going off to college and things. And I find the whole process overwhelming. My friends are going with their kids to the, um, oh, what day is it? Like the, there's special days that they have. With us, it used to be like orientation once you decide to come in. Like you know preview what I'm days. 
Yeah, they're like these days that you can go. And and so my one friend was like her son got into, uh, you know, a couple of different schools. So she was going to go into each day. So then they were taken off school to go to these days to then decide which school they wanted to go to. And I was like, that's an extra day you have to go to. I thought like we just got in and then you said, OK, I'm going to go here. You didn't have this like extra time to figure it out. And so that's even very daunting. I think it's like, wow, I have to like plan that into the schedule. Um so if it's overwhelming for me, I can't even imagine for the kids how overwhelming it is. Right, and especially because getting back to whether or not they have any clue of who they are and what they want, then you're looking at the school, like I said, and you're thinking about the campus and what the campus looks like and the football team and the location of the school and maybe the mix of boys to girls or whatever it might be, um, all the facts that you get in the, the basic school planning. But when you have a sense of, and you don't have to be 100% clear on who you are, but the ability to think that through so that if you're like myself or Sheila or anybody else who's changed majors several times, you know how to make that pivot. But at least while you're going, not only are you looking at the school, but you're seeing, okay, what kind of biomedical engineering program do they have? What, you know, whatever your major is, what do they have this major? Because if you don't even have a clue of who you are, what you want to do, you may end up at a school that doesn't even offer what you come to decide you want. And not all bad. I mean, you can always shift. You can always transfer. But it's if you do have a passion for something and you do have a sense of that at that age to get into that. And generally, you find, I mean, even when you look at you know, personality inventories and tests of that nature that really show who you are, over the years, your core person does not really change that significantly. So probably whatever you believed you wanted to do when you were younger is still in the back of your mind. I had a gentleman I worked with who was a very successful in finance, and he said, I always wanted to be a fireman. I wish I had done it. I still wish. <laughs> but his parents yeah. took him out of it. And I said, well, how about if you are a volunteer fireman on the side because you're telling me you can't switch now because you have a big house and a big mortgage. That's fine. But how do you still incorporate this thing that you always wanted to do into your life? It doesn't always have to be your career either, but it's really knowing yourself and what does matter to you. You know, right, and that goes it. along and with... You both love dance, and you share that with everyone. Yeah. And health and all the things that you share to help people become more fabulous. I mean, it's, it's just part of who you are, even if it weren't... Even if you did something else completely different Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, you would still probably do that in some way. And I... I think you're hitting on something that's really important and that is like not being so black and white with that and having the shades of gray and building a life that you, that you want. So even though, you know, now I, I'm too old to be a professional dancer, <laughs> like and then I just saw Legally Blonde, <laughs> the musical, and I was like, oh, that's so good. I'd love to be in that. However, it, dance is definitely a huge part of my life and it brings me great joy. And I build my life to have that be a part of it. And I think that is a big thing that, there's pressure on these kids to kind of know it all. But I love what you said about pivoting, like learning how to pivot and like, okay, let's do the, let's make the best informed decision we can based on all the things we know about personality and interests. And I think that that's really important and having those discussions are really important um, and aren't done enough, which is why it's so great. You're doing what you're doing. Um, So I think that it's really to start to get, society to shift in those ways and think in different gray colors and what kids can do. And I think you're onto something too. When you go to school, I, as a professor, I see a lot of kids that I'm just like, I'm not sure why these, these kids are in school. 
they're not doing well, they don't have the maturity even, and maybe they even just one year off would help give them that sense of perspective and maturity because it's expensive. It's expensive to go and then to to not be doing the work or failing out or not giving it your best, I think is a disservice. But I think a lot of kids feel like that's what they have to do. I see it all the time. As well as I do as well. And it, it breaks my heart because in many cases, it's I'm doing this because this is what my parents wanted me to do, whether it's the major or the school or whatever. And just, I mean, example after example of young people. I mean, I had a young man who was, three years into an accounting degree at a very good school and hated it and said, I don't know what to do, and he quit. His parents were livid, and all he wanted to do was something to do with computers and technology and computer gaming, and that's really popular. And I said, I don't, I didn't understand why his parents had a problem with it, and he found his way. You know, we talked about different things he could do, courses he could take, and he's doing great. And he went back and finished his degree, but in IT rather than accounting, and but he was more than capable. And I think that's the other thing, too, is students who are, it's tough on both ends, right? I mean, the students who don't have all the skill sets and aren't as strong academically, what things are you good at? Because everybody's good at something and everybody has a purpose. And then the students who are really strong academically and who are good in so many areas, a lot of that may interest them and they can't decide which of those myriad of things that they're good at is really something that speaks to their heart and it's it's fascinating to me because there are so many things and I know I've had a number of different careers per se I mean I majored in psychology I worked in business for years Um, I went back and got the coach cert you know you and I just talked about that which was wonderful and that just seems to have pulled it all together for me but over the years a lot of different things and uh but I feel like all that has helped me become who I am. So it's not like you have to pick this one path, and I think that's the other thing that is hard as a student. When you're reaching that place, i got to decide who I want to be, what I'm going to be, and then i got to figure out what college to go to, and this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Well, not necessarily, right? There's ways Absolutely. to take those transferable skills and use them in different ways. And so understanding that, too, that this is where you are now, like you said, it's it's really... You know, I think a great analogy is you're driving down the road and there's a road, the road's closed, the bridge is out. You know, you've got to take a different way. And how are you going to do that? What's that look like? What's the next best thing for you? And sometimes that's where you have to be. But, you know, not losing sight of who you are. And like you said, dance brings you joy. And what brings you joy? Because a lot of times, too, as students get into college and then into the work world, they they let go of those things they did for joy because they feel like now they're serious adults, right? And, and I think that's important. When, yeah, it is important. It's important to, to have that, that joy. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And to then build your life, too. I think that's another thing. It's just not a job. It's like, what do you want your entire life to look like and all the different pieces of your life? And so when you talked about some of those kids were really academic, um, you know, and then the other kids were not so academic, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be happy, well-rounded, contented person. And I think we've like associated with like academics with like success, but what does success mean? Is it just money or I would rather create a happy, successful, well-rounded, healthy person. And how do you do that? And so we're going to discuss that a little more um, after our break. Right. And I believe that we live in such 
a results-driven society that I want to talk about after the break, too, about how these teens are growing up in an era where everything is result, result, result based on social media. There's no real thought as to the process or the journey along the way. And I really want to discuss that. And I also am curious, Brenda, to find out after the break about how you approach parents and what advice you give to parents, let's say, of a teen who is not going in that path, not going to complete that dream of their parents. And how do we, how do we as parents learn to give our children that freedom to be themselves? We're going to take a quick commercial break and be back with Brenda. But before we do, make sure you are following us on social media. Follow us on Facebook at Fab Empowers. Sign up for your free gift and join our fabulous tribe of women. We will be right back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Are you ready for a show about possibilities? Are you tired of boundaries and limitations and ready for expansion and growth? Then tune in and spend some time with Rebecca Huey, host of Mastermind. Dr. Rebecca provides a safe, healing environment designed to help you develop emotional intelligence, resilience, and the self-awareness necessary to create positive, long-lasting change. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Life from Flat to Fabulous with your hosts, Sheila and Sarah. Got a question or a comment about the show? We're right here by email at info at fab-women.com. That's info at fab-women.com. Now back to Life from Flat to Fabulous. Hello, it is Sarah and Sheila here, and we are talking with Brenda March, and we are talking all things teens and helping teens find their path being true to themselves, really discovering who they are and the direction that that leads them in life and giving themselves opportunities to find clarity, to find success, learn how to communicate, how to make connections, figure out what their core values are. And this is something that Brenda does really well. She works with teens to help them 
find this purpose and passion. So Brenda, thanks so much for being here. And we talked about a little bit like how as a parent, I'd like for this next half to really be advice for our listeners, how as a parent, we can help our children to discover who they are, or maybe they realize, wow, this is not the direction I want to go in. And so they can learn to pivot. Can you give us some advice on that? Sure, I'd be happy to. So I think that there's a couple pieces there. Um, First, to start out, I think that you need to reassure them that you're okay with them being who they want to be. And let me give you an example. I had a young woman in my office who was not filling out her college applications, and her mom could not figure out why. And we had a couple sessions and talked a little bit. She seemed like ready to go. She was doing great in school, part-time job, playing sports. I mean, just the perfect child as in that story. And I said to her, I feel like there's something holding you back. Do you know what, can you tell me what it is? And she started to cry and she happened to have a sibling who was incredibly academically successful and had been was older and was invited to all these high-end colleges. And she said, I think my parents are going to be embarrassed by me. And we talked about what, your parents, what do you really think your parents want for you? And what do your parents say about you? And she said, they say I'm nice. They say I'm kind. They say I'm, you know, all these things. And I said, well, you are all those things. And honestly, I think that perhaps you're assuming that's what your parents think. And so we actually talked through a script of what she was going to go back and say to her parents around who she was, what she wanted, how she felt about herself, to kind of give them an opportunity. And it gave them an opportunity to share with her really what they wanted for her. And I think that that is, it was an incredibly valuable conversation that they hadn't had because she wasn't willing to tell them how she felt about herself. And again, it gets back to Sarah, you mentioned it earlier, fear, which is so many issues, you know, the false expectations appearing real, right? You, you make these assumptions about things. So it really changed the game for her. And one of the things when I meet with parents and they'll say, you know, I'd like you to work with my student and, well, what do you want for your student? I don't know, but I just don't think they're getting where they need to be. Well, what is your goal for them? And a lot of times they can't verbalize it. And in my book, I say HHSS, happy, healthy, and self-supporting. So it goes back to the idea that we talked about earlier. I think it's great if people follow their passion. And I think if you can figure out, once you become an adult, how to support yourself, and if your parents fine with you living at home, which many of us are, myself included. I say to my kids, stay as long as you want. Rent's expensive. Um, But in terms of self-supporting, at some point, knowing that you've got to take over running your own life, really, it's not so much about the money, but can you really do something that you can make a living and support yourself? And if you're happy with whatever style that is, that's up to you as an adult. And, And for a student, a young person, to get that intention that really that's all your parent wants for you. is because I think that's what most of us do want, is for you to be happy and healthy and self-supporting. And whatever that looks like for you to have the permission to go that route, I think is really important. I mean, not everybody's going to walk into X job at X salary, you know, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, six-figure job out of college. It just isn't the way it is, even though... And, and whatever your definition of success is, right? And so I think if you can have that permission to be who you want to be, maybe you do want to work two part-time jobs. Maybe you want to do, um, 
you know, something totally different. Start your own business in a way that is not a typical story. I mean, people do it every day, right? All these young people creating apps and doing all these things and being successful that may or may not have gone to college, like we talked about earlier. So I think it's as a parent saying, this is what I want for you, and being able to make it clear to your young, to your child, that you don't have these preset notions of who they have to be. And that yeah, I really, yeah, I like that because you're ha- saying happy, healthy, self-supporting is, has a different, because sometimes the, the pressure of oh, I, what I'm passionate about, like I remember it took me a really long time to figure what I was passionate about. But one of the things I think that was helpful was leaning into the things I enjoyed doing. And I do say it right. a, a lot of times to clients is, you know, half of it to, to my young clients is figuring out what you don't like. Like you're, you're going to figure out more of what you don't like sometimes than maybe, oh, what I'm super passionate about and being okay with that. Well, let's just put it out there. Like, go try this opportunity. And if you don't like it, then that's fine. And you pivot back to that pivot that you were talking about. So I really like the way happy, healthy, um, self-supporting, is that it? Self-supporting? Self-sustaining? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, that's really important because it does take the pressure off. Like, eventually, hopefully, you find something that you're passionate about. But passion, passionate things can be tough for a teen you know, when they have all this teen angst and all the other emotions and hormones and feelings to be like, oh my gosh, now I have to find out exactly what I'm doing. Well, no, find out something that you're interested in. And you said that, like, what interests you? Oh, that job, why? Like, let's talk about that and figure out those things. And let's try this. Let's just throw it out there and try it and see if you like it. And if you don't, adjust accordingly. So I think that's great. Now, what do you do for parents who do have a set path for their kid, but then the child does not um, have the buy-in for that path. How do you help parents maybe open their eyes to seeing that that's not what's best for their child? Well, I, I really try. I One, I offer to talk to the parents individually without telling them anything about what the students, what the, their child is telling me, but just talk to them generally about and kind of be that, um, you know, bad cop. Well, is that necessarily everybody's answer? You know, I know you think this is a great answer for your child, but I can tell you that I've met young people who have been pushed into careers by their parents and not happy about it, and it happens every day, and to just kind of try and be that bad cop with them. The other thing I do is try and help. I find that if you really um, can communicate what it is you want and why you want it and what that can become, like let's say you say, you know, I really want to be in music. I really think I want to play in a band or whatever. Um, but I know that that may not totally support me, but I've met with, you know, my drum teacher and this teacher and that teacher, and I've decided that I can also teach and I can also do these things, and I know that this would be enough for me to live on or whatever that is. Like, if you really have researched a little enough to be able to say to your parents, I have a reality about this, and, and that's one thing I work with the students on and then have that conversation with your parents because when you can walk in there and not just, you know, I wanted to major in psychology when I was young because I had a friend who was depressed and I didn't agree with the fact that they put her on medication because it didn't help her. And I thought, I'm going to become a famous psychiatrist and I'm never going to prescribe meds and I would come up with another solution. <laughs> and I got through my undergrad and I said, well, I don't want to go back to school. <laughs> right now. I want to get a job right. and get out of school and all this. And so I didn't really look at... and. What I didn't understand as a young person was there are people that need meds. There are people that those meds help. And you can't just completely write off something because you don't believe in it. 
and just I didn't do any research or any exploration. I just came up with this plan based on one example. So I think the more that a young person can explore what different people are doing in different fields that interest them. You know, I mean, medicine is such a wide open field. I mean, you can say that in almost any field. There's just so many ways to go and so many things you can see. And the more you've actually done the research to say, while this may not sound like the greatest career to you based on what you know, here's what I've learned about it. And really to come at it, you know, almost with some really strong, you know, leadership skills, let's just say, for lack of a better term, and to come to your parents and show them your plan. I think when any time you can present something where you've actually done the the legwork and you're confident about it and you feel good about it, people are going to buy in, right? I think, and I think that's a learned behavior, right? Which will help you when you're job hunting, which will help you when you're getting through college, which will help you in anything you do to have those skills to be able to say, okay, yeah, I did step back and look at the full picture here. Yeah, that's great. So what kind of conversations can we as parents have with our teens? You know, it's difficult to talk to them in the first place a lot of times, but what type of, how can we open up that door to start that conversation? Um, I think one of the things, I mean, I do have, and I'm not, this is <laughs> trying to be salesy, but I have an online program that teens can do, um, and I think it's important for them to actually think about who they are and write that down, and I think that the most important thing as a parent that we can say to them is, look, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I'm here for you, and I feel like I could offer some good ideas. I'm happy to help you. In addition... I can connect you to various people in any of these fields. If you were to come to me and say, you know, I think I'm interested in running a dance studio, I know Sheila, let me introduce you to her, right, as a parent. Um, maybe you could have, I, I think if you, the more you encourage them to have what I work with a lot of my students on doing is informational interviews. And I tell them, I give them a script for it. I tell them it only needs to be 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever. Come up with the questions you have learn a little bit more, the more that they can pick up backstories, I call them, like understand how someone got where they are, what they're doing, why they're doing it, it helps them to form a frame of reference about that particular career, that particular field beyond, you know, I mean, if you knew the number of kids that want to be forensics because of CSI is such a popular show, right? <laughs> so there's things that are out there, right? I mean, and whatever, you know, they, it's so all the things that are on TV are things that kids think, oh, that's neat. I want to do that. And there's so much more out there that we never hear about. You know, someone who's trying to cure cancer, how often do you see a TV show about, you know, a researcher and what they do to figure that out? You know, I I don't know if anyone watched bits and pieces of that hot zone, but it was fascinating to me to learn about the research that goes into that and understanding that backstory. So I think the more as a parent... You let them know it's it's theirs, but you will help them any way you can, and it doesn't have to be their your agenda as a parent, but more their agenda. But you know, to just try and open those channels. I know it's hard, which is part of why I looked for this when my my kids are all in their twenties now, and they're all done college and in jobs, and life is good. <laughs> Believe me, it gets better. But um, <laughs> you know, I looked for someone like myself to send them to because. It's just, it's such a wonderful thing when someone gives you the space to step back and really just spend the time to think about who you are. And it's, it really does require 
a little bit of learning. It's not a natural organic process to sit down and say, who am I, what do I want, and how do I get there? It's just not. Right, but it's the best work you could do because, like you said earlier in the podcast, it's just going to um, carry you through your life. And then learning how to do that at a young age, if kids can do that, if we can help our kids learn how to do that, then they can, you re-do, you reevaluate every so often, you reevaluate, who am I now? What do I want now? Because there's chapters to life. You know, we had Robin mm-hmm. Renan on another podcast and she talked about the different chapters of your life. And I think it's really important that if kids can learn that skill to explore and assess who they are and what they need and what they want at each chapter, then their lives will just be that much more amazing. So I, I love that. Right, and you, and you always hear, um, you know, all these different, you know, uh, experts and power couples and things talk about how they have, you know, the yearly retreat to figure out who they are and what the next year is going to be look like and what the next five years are. And, I mean, I, I think it's hard as a young person to think about that type of planning, but I do think there's something to be said for planting those seeds that yes. you're the only one that can make your life what you want it to be. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I absolutely love that. Now, let me ask you, what, what do you wish you had known, you know, when you started out doing all this kind of um, work? What, what, what do you look at and say, I wish I had known that? Or if I, I would do something different or a big aha, what have you learned through all this? Um, I, I think it's just in general, I think when I first started out, I think I was trying to use really the same process I would use with an adult and... I think there's a certain amount of learning that is just becomes innate as you become an adult and you've had jobs and things like that. And the thing, it's sort of the same tool set that I use, but I think with young adults, you have to understand that they, there are things that they just don't know because they've never experienced it. And you need to paint the picture for them about that or give them the opportunities to see what that looks like. You know, that experiential learning really is how most of us learn more than the academic learning, right, when it comes to those types of things. And so it's offering those opportunities. And really the other thing is just kind of pushing them and knowing that they really need a little bit of extra hand-holding compared to where you would go with, you know, an adult client. Yeah, I love that because I do think a lot of times I will, if my daughter and I discuss something or have a tiff or whatever it is, I'll be like, okay, I'm, later I'll go, let me sit back in and like really take a moment to sit back and see what was it like to be a sophomore? Like, let me remember, you know, because we do, you alluded to, we have these experiences and all that. And so it's sometimes hard to break it back down to, wow, what is it like for them right now? I'm I'm looking at it from my adult perspective, but let me bring it back to that 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, whatever year old perspective and how that is. And do they have the experience? Like, why am I assuming that they know something when they, they haven't been exposed to that or shown that? And how do I help them expose them to that and show them and help them learn those things? So I think that's a great piece of advice is helping them have these experiences yes. and supporting them along the way. Yeah, we're, we're asking them to make some pretty important life-altering decisions at a young age. And that's hard to do when you don't have the life's journey. You don't have things happening to you. You may not be very resilient at that point and understand that things can change and life changes, circumstances changes, and you're going to have to change along the way. Yeah. Agreed. I wholly agree. And and I was just speaking with a, a parent yesterday, and we were talking about the, the young adults who 
have a job and who have not had a job. And um, I even talked in a program at Westchester University about this. The people, when you are talking to even college students, and you'll say, you know, write down your favorite things about whatever job you've had and the, the things you like the most and the things you like the least, and let's talk about what that looks like. And I've had students say to me, well, I've only ever worked in a pizza shop, as if that doesn't even count, right, because they don't consider that a real job. And the learnings that come from even the smallest job or the smallest experience, you know, babysitting. I mean, there's a learning there. You're, somebody's hiring you to watch their children. I mean, they're, they're giving you a lot of responsibility and, you know, you're making your schedule and you're asking them how they want it done or maybe you're not, right? And, and how would you make that better, that experience better? And just in general, the learnings that come with those things outside of the academic learning is so important. And, uh, you know, discussing those things and looking at what that looks like and how that, you know, how that would translate to a job outside of that situation. You know, what, what I, other skills you could apply, right? Yeah, and I think that's important because that's, again, that's learning a life skill of self-reflection and finding purpose in the everyday things, which is such a wonderful thing to do. So babysitting, I, I was a babysitter. I babysat a lot. And I definitely think it taught me so many things about people and different people and how they raise their kids and how they interact. But then also, like you said, for me, and what do I like doing? Um, you know, did I enjoy that? And all the different little jobs I had, I really think that was probably, for, personally for me, more taught me more things than maybe my academia did for high school. That's a, you know, and it's a I great agree exercise. With that. Yeah. <laughs> and right. I, I, think, I, a, I don't think a lot of kids are doing that now because, I, well, there's, a, you know, there's, I don't want to be general, but I think there's less kids doing a lot of the working because parents are pushing them for academia. And so they're, and they're sports so and things like that that are, have really are so much more organized and so much more demanding, it seems to me, than at least when I was growing up. You know, yes, we didn't have as many travel leagues and different things that everybody was involved in. And that's actually something just uh, just to touch on briefly. I'd love to know your opinion about the sports and how that derives people and where they go to college and their careers or lack thereof. I mean, do you feel like sports helps kids figure out they want or do you feel like sometimes sports maybe because the kid's going to play a sport, then they compromise. Maybe they're looking ahead, you know, further away down the road to, wait, is this, are you going to the right school for what you might be with your career or are you just going to the school because you're going to play the sport? Wow, that's a loaded question. I know, <laughs> I, I know There's, um, I mean, I have, I, I really do think it's, it really depends on each person, you know, and so I think the, there's students who, it's a means to an end, right? They don't expect to be a professional lacrosse player, let's say, but they are getting money from a university that's the university they'd like to go to to play lacrosse. And that's a decision, right? But I, I think whenever you're going into something with its dream and you're going to be in the NBA and what percentage of people actually do, and it uh, goes back to kind of what you said earlier, Sheila, about enjoying the process. Are you playing the sport because you really enjoy playing the sport or are you playing the sport because you think it's going to take you to a certain place and and are you not looking at other opportunities? I mean, I was with a client earlier today and it was, you know, we were discussing 
he's in the process of looking for a new job and sort of switching careers. And whenever one thing seems good, it's easy to focus on that. And then do you let the other connections and opportunities that you have sort of in the background go? So I think it's a question of whether or not you can balance it and how real your expectations are about it. But I do think as a society, going back to, and right there, same Felicity Hoffman and Lori Laughlin, right? Just the fact that the sports are such a big deal that somebody would pay that kind of money and the child would get in there to do whatever they were going to do, rowing or, or whatever it might be, is just, that's unimaginable to me <laughs> as a parent. Right. I just feel like, I, I don't know, I've always tried to, and not that I'm a perfect parent, but I started to see, you know, I have three young adults, and I started to see, one, how different they were and try and understand where I would see them fit into the world and not to try and tell them that but to help them see the skill sets that they had. You know, there, there's some people that aren't as great academically but they're really good with people and they really would be, you know, a great account manager, a great salesperson or something like that. I don't think anybody ever tells them that. Right? It's not something you get grades for in school or get told you're good at. But then as employers, we're looking for people like that. You know, you want someone to do biz dev for you. You want someone that can walk up to somebody, shake their hand, and have a conversation without thinking twice. Not everybody can do that. I don't care what your grades were in school, right? Oh, I 100% 100 agree. I hope kids are listening to this because I want them to know that. Right. And it's hard because I think there's, there's people who really never have that opportunity. You know, the um, Boy Scouts, when someone makes Eagle Scout, have this long ceremony, and it's all the different people that were involved, and they talk about how wonderful this student is. And the first one I went to, I thought, this has to be this young man's greatest moment. I mean, he's standing here with his parents and his scout leader and the person who was overseeing his Eagle Project. And, and I mean, it, it's a long like a three-, four-hour ceremony. And, but it, it's got to leave you with a feeling of, I've done something. I've been successful. I know who I am. I know I'm good at this, and I've got some confidence. And I know there's all these people that care about my success as well, which is the other thing when you think about encouraging your students to do informational interviews and go on job shadows and possibly do internships is they're building those connections and those relationships. And that's one of the things that I really try and push with anybody I'm working with, but especially with the young adults, is how important that is. This person might not be a person who's going to hire you tomorrow, but they might know somebody who, you know, thinks about that, right? Right. And our school district, which I think is really cool, does do a senior project initiative where I actually have somebody right now who is shadowing me. She's one of my students and she's a senior, but she's getting to learn the ins and outs of not just running a dance studio, but running a business and what it's like to run a business, what it's like to start your own business, how to put on a show, how to deal with customer relations. There's so many cool elements to it that she's getting exposed to. And I really, really love that program. I wish they would do that almost like all the way through high school. I'm yeah. right there with you. That's fabulous that you're mm-hmm. doing that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been awesome, Brenda. We appreciate it. Time has flown by. For sure. So we're going to have to wrap up this show and we'll have you back, Brenda, because there's so much more to discuss. Oh, I'd love that. That's great. Thank you. 
Yeah, no problem. Thank you for enlightening us. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in today. We hope that you are feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to help your teens be happy, healthy, and self-supporting, as Brenda said. Remember to follow us on social media at Fab Empowers and to visit our website, fabempowers.com. Sign up for your free gift and join our fabulous tribe of empowered females. Make sure you fab this forward, too, by sending this broadcast and sharing our pages with other fabulous ladies in our lives. Thank you again, Brenda. It's been awesome. We've had a great time. Remember to find a little fab in your everyday. Until next time. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Life from Flat to Fabulous. Be sure to join Sheila Turner and Sarah Kartner again next Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, make it a fabulous week.